Hello and welcome to the Badecast, the official podcast of the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment, a series of lectures on video game history as part of the Maid's ongoing effort to preserve history through teaching and displaying playable exhibits of rare games and consoles. While life in the time of COVID has forced us to close our doors, the support of people like you has allowed us to continue to bring history to you through lectures like the one you'll hear in a few minutes. I'm Anthony. I'm Miles. I'm Chin. And I'm Red. This week, our guest is Cassidy Tolls, the maid's resident general counsel and law wizard who sat down with Alex to talk about his role at the maid, gaming law cases, uh, and his Warhammer 40k collection, um, as well as uh, plenty of insight on his views on practicing law. Uh, Cassidy is a fantastic uh, gem of a person. He is quite honestly one of the, uh, a great person to have around at the maid, and he's... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I don't know if they got into it, but uh, he's also a master at Double Dragon, so deep respect uh, for that. <laughs> uh, he is quite the quite the proficient master at that. But before we get into his interview, uh, we have a bit of news. So I bought the Switch at the right time, the absolute right time to buy a Switch. I bought it uh, because they just announced a new model. <laughs> is it? So- can you count that as a new model? I mean, well, I don't... okay. the The handheld itself is a new model. It has an OLED screen. It has, I think, does it have 4K output? I don't. Of course oh, not. Why would it? Well, why would it have that? Okay, I don't know. Because, I don't the know. resolution. Well, hey, hey, didn't it's change. A, it's at a pro, it's a pro system. It has an Ethernet port on the dock. Okay, it, it, we're getting serious now. Nintendo's taken some serious steps to get to 2012 uh, <laughs> it is now the year 2000 for nintendo yes it is now the year 2000 they've caught up with the playstation 2 so it's everything's going pretty good uh, to be fair it's only 50 bucks more expensive than a standard switch so you can't really ask for too much but no. you would think that it would have better than an oled screen a built-in ethernet port on the dock and a hey, it's also a better piece screen. of plastic for the stand it's so they have a bigger monitor bigger. but not a not a better resolution. Yeah, the so. pixels are just bigger. Yeah. Big pixels. Big pixels. <laughs> Leave it up to big pixels to ruin our screens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like big oil and big cheese. It's big pixels. Big pixels are... Hey, you joke about big cheese. It. It's a real thing. Oh, yeah, big cheese. <laughs> you've, you've seen those giant wheels at Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in other news, Apex Legends was hacked on Sunday, the, July 4th, uh, functionally unplayable for a day. I mean, I, this is kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Um, Miles, you have a little bit more info. Uh, yeah, I don't play Apex Legends, but I have several friends who do uh, pretty religiously. And uh, the situation was a bit complicated because the hacker or hackers, we're assuming it was kind of a small, small group of people, <laughs> um, completely brought down Apex Legends. Like, it was... You could not get into a game. Uh, the playlist system didn't work. Uh, they changed the... It wasn't DDoS. They actually changed the physical, like, text in the game to mm. point to a website that was calling on EA and Respawn to fix critical vul- vulnerabilities in Titanfall 1 and 2. Um the previous two games from uh, from Respawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a big deal because Titanfall 2 is multiplayer only, 
Titanfall. Or, um, no, sorry, I'm sorry. Titanfall One is mm-hmm. multiplayer only. It came out in 2016, 2014. No, 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titanfall Two came out. Titanfall One came out in 2014. Is multiplayer only, and its entire uh, server structure has been uh, hacked and offline for months and months and months. Um, and people are upset with this because it is still being sold at, you know, on sale. EA is still actively selling this this uh, game, That's and it's it's actually unplayable. So, um, fans of the Titanfall franchise are upset about that, and they feel uh, that this might have been a way to get back at Respawn and make them pay attention to it. Uh, functionally, what happened is just a bunch of Respawn developers had to go into work on a Sunday, and nobody was happy about it. Yeah, that, that's it's a great way to make... Uh... It's a great way to make friends to shut off everyone from playing uh, favorite pastime. Uh, I, I it gets a lot a, of people on your side. I actually have a thought trace on it. If they can, if they are able to have the power to hack into Apex and to broke the game, do they also have the ability to hack into the Titanfall server and fix whatever they have to? Y- hmm. Yes, that like that's a great. That's a fantastic point. That's what you. That's what you should do. If you have the capability to hack in and stop it, try and fix it. It's like if you're if it's that if you're that mad about it, and you and you want to take it offline. I just like wonder. Game. Wonder is it possible? Maybe there's one point we all haven't seen it. Maybe. I mean, I think like the with the server side of issues, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't quite. Uh, like it's more server related than uh an actual game code unless they can find a specific instance of like a load up for, for them to redirect to that ransom website or whatever well of course it's always easier to break things rather than build something or just recover something yeah that's true break stuff <clears throat> um well hopefully we will hear more of like hopefully we will see more fixes to titanfall one because that is a that is an issue that still needs to be resolved uh as well as you know maybe not taking games offline for other people to enjoy them if they're still enjoying them Uh, and last little bit of news that we have robocop first person shooter coming out (laughs) it's been announced it's happening it's happening y'all the the teaser trailer that they had uh said Sometime in 2023. Sometime in 2023, there will be a RoboCop first-person shooter, and then everybody can finally finally relive their favorite scene of when RoboCop shot that dude in the... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's everybody's favorite scene, so now you can relive it yourself over and over again. Uh, but <laughs> now that we get into that, let's go to... Uh, before we get into that, I mean, <clears throat> now that we're done with the news, jeez. Words matter. Words matter. Uh, now that we're done with the news, I think it's time to throw it over to Alex and Cassidy uh, for their marvelous talk. And they actually talk about EA a little bit as well, but uh, on the sports side of games in their law cases. So we'll have an interesting conversation about that. Uh, here's Alex and Cassidy. And we're back. This is Alex Handy here with Cassidy Tolls. Yeah, I'm not handy at all. Ah, yes, but actually, you are a lawyer. I am. Actually, I used to be an electrician, so I actually had to be kind of handy. An, an electrician and a lawyer, so yeah, it's an interesting combination. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I had to do something uh, back for 
two decades or three decades of my adult life before I became a, a lawyer. Uh, and so I was in the trades. But um, so, yeah, we were talking about this before. Uh, there's a really great story that was in uh, the news for weeks, up to about two, three weeks ago, this lawsuit about EA and progressive difficulty. So uh, you know what progressive difficulty is, but for our listeners, um, do you want to talk about progressive no, difficulty? No, I think they would know. I mean, just like a game getting harder and harder over time. Yes, but specifically based on harder and harder based on how good you are. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So EA was sued over this in connection with sports games because their most recent sports games have an almost CCG element where you can buy packs of players mm. who are like classic all-time great players. So like in the NFL, in the Madden games, you can buy a pack of great players and it might have like William the Refrigerator Perry in it. Yes. Okay, or, you know, in... The, the, so that sort of thing happens. Yes. Well, so what was happening was some teenager who spent like thousands of dollars mm -hmm. on, on these guys basically sued and said, I'm not getting my full money's worth because... I'm spending, and with progressive difficulty, I'm playing, and difficulty is getting. I'm playing, and difficulty is getting jacked up, so the game is getting better against me, and I'm not getting the full value out of my players. Interesting. Yes. Uh, this is sort of. I mean, it seems like a, a way of getting to that loot box issue that a lot of places and, and governments seem to be upset with loot boxes in general. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, there have been lawsuits over some of this stuff. Like, for example, there was a lawsuit against um, Tops years ago with chase cards. And chase cards were a form of gambling, because they are, that one in every so many is, uh, you know, is fancy. And so you buy more because it's gambling, so on and so forth. But the damages piece is what always ends up being the problem, because ultimately, the people are getting something for their money. Yeah. They're getting non-chase cards. And so the question is, what do you call damages? Because it's like, you paid $2, you got $2 worth of baseball cards. You didn't get a Chrome one, but what's eight baseball cards worth? Eight baseball cards is worth $2. So there's no precedent set here, is what you're saying. Like, well, have any of the courts sided with anybody who's like, I want you know, better baseball cards? Well, no. What's inevitably happened, and repeatedly what always keeps happening, is that the cases keep end up end up either going nowhere or getting thrown out by, if not before, um, summary judgment. Because essentially, yeah, sure, you have these things where there's a gambling element to it or whatever, but there's no um, there's no actual case because there's no damages. But in the EA case, it's even better. It got thrown out early because you buy these players to play them in player versus player games. And there's no progressive difficulty in player versus player games. So it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> so that's an interesting thing they probably should have thought of before they brought the case. I mean, that's a pretty obvious stance. Were they maintaining that the multiplayer wasn't involved or that it was only a portion of it? Or Well, basically, it, it, the trick was is that EA could basically say, I mean, here's the thing. You can play them in player versus player. There's no progressive difficulty there, so even if you don't get their full value in this one part of the game, there's another part of the game where you get their maximum value no matter what. Okay. There's no aspect of that there, okay. and they basically showed, we don't have progressive difficulty in this part of the game, so even if it does affect their play in this one piece, it doesn't affect their play in this other piece, and, and ultimately, with that happening... I mean, it, it sounds like it's coming, coming down to the, the sort of 
false advertising claims, right? Like, I mean, that's what the central thing they were saying. The EA advertises this, and they do not have this. Right, but they do. Like, what? Well, what certainly that's why it's thrown out, obviously. Yeah. But like, false advertising in video games is a real interesting slope. I mean, so, some of the ads that were taking place in the '90s are like, "This game's gonna, you know, screw you up for life," or you know, things like that. I mean, well, and, and there you get into the whole nature of what a false advertising claim is, because you get to things like. And this is, there's language about this, you know, lawyers use the phrase mere puffery versus an actual meaningful claim. You know, if I tell you that, you know, this bread contains 27 vitamins and minerals, that's something that you might buy a product for. Mm -hmm. If I tell you this is the most delicious bread ever made, that's mere puffery. Well, what if I claim that this bread can make you fly? Well, you know, so there's a very interesting question. Because at that, that's a fact which can be disproven. Now, it's an absurdist fact that one should presume is untrue, but let's let's take this to a different step. What if I tell you that this bread um, is so healthy that eating this bread will cause you to lose three pounds? Ooh. Now, okay. it's obviously not going to do that. Like, yeah. there's no amount of... Yeah, yeah. There's no bread that's just going to cause you to lose three pounds. Like, it has to be part of a good diet. But if I said that, I would get sued for it. Yeah, but because it's something that people, like, want and reasonable people might... Uh, think that it's vaguely possible, whereas the flying thing, although you know, in this day and age, who's to say what reasonable people people would? Pepsi believe? got Pepsi got sued because they didn't give it because a stealth bomber was not something you could win <laughs> in a uh, drawing once upon a time. Yeah. And you know what? They had to pay the person. Well, they couldn't get the, a stealth bomber. Well, no, but they they had to pay the person the cash value of a stealth bomber as a result. That's like a billion dollars. Well, it, it was not valued at a billion dollars. It was valued at. Um, 275 million or oh something. God. But oh yes, they had to pay out millions of dollars because they had promised someone a prize that was not actually possible and that person won the largest prize which was not a stealth bomber and they had to pay the difference between the prize the person won and a stealth bomber. So, uh, okay, I'm going to use this to pivot to something very different just because you and I are, you know, old <laughs> folks and yeah. we remember the 90s. Uh, the number two usually has to do these kinds of crazy stunts, right? Like, you would expect Pepsi to do something crazy that would get sued. Coke, not so much, although they're right. getting sued over, like, you know, you can print your own labels. God knows why they thought that was a good idea. Uh, but Oh, has someone printed one with, like, the an N-bomb on uh, it or something? You, you can print one that's apparently, and this is, I, I did not read the article, but what I read is that you it's okay for you to print a label that says White Lives Matter, but not okay for you to print one that says Black Lives Matter. Like of they filter and it's like, of oh my god, who led that one? I don't know. Maybe that's spurious, but like that. I guess the the big explosive grandiose thing you would expect from a Pepsi, right? Which to pivot, remember Sega in the early '90s and their attempts to sort of take video games from this cutesy thing to this in your face. Sega, 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 exactly. Like in your face, and like that was. I feel like that occurred at a period of time where that was going on in culture across. All the mediums. First game console to have uh, Mortal Kombat with blood. Yes, absolutely. There was no blood on the Super Nintendo version, right? No. Like, and this is the era when like Trauma Films is really blooming, and oh, yeah. like the '90s were a marvelous time for that in-your-face sort of attitude. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I know the GC of Sega at that point. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that's Riley Russell. Oh, oh. Now Riley, the GC yeah, okay, so of I'll... now the GC of uh, PlayStation. Well, we got to get him on here on the podcast. Oh God. I I'll, I'll, tr I'll try and talk to him and see, try and convince him to do it. He but might. I would be interested to hear his thoughts on sort of 
the line between what is okay and what is not, because some of those commercials were just outrageous. Like, the guy hits himself in the face with a squirrel, and he sees the Game Boy in color, you know, yeah. all sorts of crazy crap. Oh, yeah, no, no, there's, there, you would certainly, there's some of that stuff you would not get away with anymore, but this is one of those things, I, I read this, uh, I read this meme the other day that drove me nuts, where it was saying, you think the new generation is just as smart as the old generation? Well, 20 years ago, and it wasn't 20, it was like 30, but <laughs> 20 years ago, car manuals said how to, I forget what it was, why. it was like, how to do some kind of maintenance. Nowadays, they tell you not to drink from the battery. And it's like, all right, well, the reason why they say that is that modernly doing that maintenance requires a piece of electronic equipment that it's impossible to buy if you're not a registered licensed dealer broker for that particular ma manufacturer, because literally you have to hook the car up to a computer in order to do that piece of maintenance. So you can't do it at your home. Oh, period. absolutely. absolutely. A lot of things like that have changed, right. like electronics. It, you know, exactly. We used to fix computers and you know, or a laptop, and now they're like sealed. You can't fix an Apple product. And two, the reason they tell you not to drink from the battery is because a guy drank from the battery and died. And his family sued, and they won. And that guy <laughs> was a baby boomer. <laughs> well, so it's, it's okay. not about the fact that our generation is stupid. It's about a fact that the guy who wrote that who, who wrote that meme is stupid. Well, there's a lot of things that have changed. Like I just said, like about the you can't repair things. You can't, you know, like you said, you have to plug a car into a computer, and that's why they're not even having they're right. having trouble manufacturing them right now. Like. The generation gaps or generation differences. Well, you know that's why you can't rent. Why you can't rent a car thing. right now. No, oh, because they're all sold, right? Like, they well, sold them all off. In the well, but it's, it's, it's a multi-step thing. They sold them all off over COVID because they couldn't afford to maintain these fleets and keep making payments when they weren't renting them. And then now they need them because people are traveling. And it went from no travel to a ton of travel in two weeks. And you can't buy them because you can't get chips to build cars. Yes. Because of the shortage. No, absolutely. Because of COVID. Was it Land Rovers? Like, we're not going to make cars for the next six months. They just, like, pause their, their assembly line. Well, but we're, we're so far off the topic of video yeah, games. Fair enough, fair enough. We should talk about, like, let's talk about the museum. I mean, how, okay. how um, you are the... Uh, the default lawyer at the museum, like I would say, or you know, I, chief I'm, counsel. But I am, like, I'm the GC for the museum. The I have business counsel. cards that say so. Well, yes, and that's that's all fine and dandy, but it, that also, gen you know, generally implies you're getting paid or something. Whereas you do this completely by as volunteer work. I, I do, I do, heart. I do. But there's also a lot of rewards to doing the job. Um, I have a lot of fun working there. I'm part of the least toxic culture that I've ever worked with as an attorney, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know, and I get to do a lot of very interesting things. Every day I walk in and I deal with something different. I, you know, write a lot of policy and I help out our HR person, who is amazing, by the way. Shout out. Um, I, I don't know if I should say anyone's names, but no, I, Vaughn is Vaughn yeah. takes care of everything. Vaughn, Vaughn is Vaughn is great. Important. Vaughn is way better than I am. Vaughn, you you rock. I wish we could have her on the podcast. Yeah. She refuses to to be public in any way. Uh, that's probably smart of her. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I. I deal with, you know, whenever there's some dumb thing that happens, I deal with it. We spurious lawsuits, um, some government agency misreads an advertisement, something. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Oh, the raffle thing. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, that, that was... The raffle. <laughs> yes, if you use the word raffle anywhere on your website, the California government 
immediately emails you like you're holding a raffle and right. You know. So you don't have raffles. You have drawings. Yeah. You have giveaways. <laughs> you have door prizes. There Just we go. D- note for anybody who operates a nonprofit ever: do not have a raffle. Then there was <laughs> the, the, the time the FBI contacted us about the riots out front and asked if, if we had cameras on the, the people who broke into the uh, <laughs> Honda place. Or we were like, we don't have cameras. <laughs> right, please. We wish we had cameras. We Our insurance rates would be lower. Yeah, we wish oh. the, the owners of that building had installed cameras. But you know. Yes. Um, um, although, but, frankly, if we had, I wouldn't have wanted to give that information to the cops anyway. Well, no, um, I mean, absolutely <laughs> right. But, like, we didn't, it was a very easy answer, right? Right, right. No, it was, that, that is, that is not untrue. Um, well, and what, what's reality is that the cops probably would have subpoenated us and we probably would have had to yeah, no, it at some point. It wasn't it the cops, order. dude. It was the FBI. Oh, yeah, well, the FBI would have eventually yeah. shown up with a court order on yeah, that. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't fuck her. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I, I also do things like, you know... If there is an unfortunate situation that requires investigation because of disciplinary stuff, I will deal with that. Fortunately, yeah. I've only had to do that once. Um, I believe you've also helped us, you know, at events and doing yeah, yeah, all yeah. the other fun video games. I do, I do, too, right? I do. I do a bunch of stuff that is beyond my capacity. I'm the guy who, who hosts all of the barbecues. There you go. Yeah, um, and make the brisket. Yes, I do. I cook brisket. But usually at the barbecues, it's usually a tri-tip. Because ah, yeah. we don't have enough people showing up for an entire brisket. A brisket yeah. is four times the size of a tri-tip. Yes, but your briskets are delicious. Thank you. I try. I try. You succeed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, but it's also... There's also occasionally just the weird stuff that you need to know as a nonprofit. Like, yes. you know, the it, this isn't an issue right now because our gift shop really is all stuff that is related to the museum or video games. But in theory, if we were to sell anything that was not video game or, you know, museum direct related, we might have to pay taxes on it. Um, sure, sure. Well, you know, and so there's there's knowing stuff like that and watching out for it. You yeah, know, there's we a- appreciate that. ADA compliance stuff, things ADA, like that. Yes. Weird little day-to-day things that are just, like, walking around, whatever. Um, you know, just dumb little things like that. So, but it's the same things you do at anywhere, but you do it at the Video Game Museum. So it's a yeah. cool excuse to drop by the museum a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I know that you also have a little museum of your, your own at your house uh, in terms of little pewter figures, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I am an avid 40K player. It's not all pewter. Some of it's plastic, but okay. a lot of it's pewter. So, so um, which army? Uh, armies. Um, I have uh, I have a complete sister's commandery. I have the entire second company of ultramarines, both pre and post reawakening of Ru- Rubetto Julimund. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. Third company, um, second battle company. First company is all uh, elites. Um, I have a uh, an entire battalion of Imperial Guard. It's an irregular battalion, so it's not. Um, I haven't picked the planet, but it's an irregular guard battalion. Is that what your cosplay is from? Oh no, my cosplay is specifically uh, Gaunt's Ghosts. Oh, okay. I, I, I did. Yes, yes, Imperial Guard. Yes. Um, but it's Gaunt Ghost specifically, which is um, one of Dan Abnett's best books. Uh, yeah, for anybody who who wasn't there for Halloween, I did a Gaunt's Ghost costume where I built a long las. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's the sniper rifles that's Gaunt's, Gaunt's Ghost use. Um, I had to order a las gun and then rebuild the thing to be four times the original length, uh, which was fun. Um, I also built a fake scope for it. Um, I considered buying a real scope and mounting it on the thing, but decided that was probably more money than I wanted to spend. Uh, I think everybody right now is going, okay, now I know why this guy volunteers at the video game museum. Actually, no, I just volunteered at the video museum because I was really burned out, and um, 
it was you, you actually have Ashley and uh, and Scotty to blame for my volunteering. At the oh, they're the, they're the ones that got you in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, they were talking about something, and I said, who's doing your compliance? And they both stared at me uh, as if to say, what does compliance mean? And so I dropped by a meeting and was like, these guys could really use my help. And that was three years ago, and I just haven't left since. Yeah, no, and Ashley and Scotty have <laughs> moved yeah. on. No, Scotty's still there. Is Scotty still around? I haven't seen it. Him. No, Scotty, Sc- uh, Scotty's what uh, Mikey calls Scott. Scott. Oh, oh, Sean, Sean, sorry, Sean. Shawnee, Shawnee. What my the bad. hell is Sean? Shawnee, I, Sean. I misspoke. Shawnee. Yeah. Uh, no, Sean, yes, absolutely. Sean, Sean Barber Crane. Yes, Sean brings in a lot of people. We'll yes. have him on the podcast at some point, and we'll yeah. talk about Star Trek and Marvel the whole time. I'm sure. If he ever doesn't work. <laughs> well, I know, he is constantly working. Actually, he went to my last barbecue. Yeah. Sean actually showed up to a thing I know. that was not work. It was... My eyes practically fell out of my head when he arrived. I'm sorry I missed your last barbecue as well, but I have I've expelled Facebook from my life. So. It's okay. Things happen. Things happen. So uh, you've hung out your shingle, right? Yes, I have. Um, I am the law offices of Cassidy Tolls. You can find me online at flatratelaw, all one word, dot com. Um, and basically, I am all about... Uh, I don't do... I try and do nothing that requires me to bill by the hour. So I don't do litigation, but I do almost everything else. I'm mostly advice and counsel and document drafting. Um, I specialize in uh, I specialize in small businesses, um, early stage tech companies, and video game companies. Surprisingly, given my that. my area of knowledge and information, and when I say video game technology, video game companies, I mean anything connected to video game companies. I represented a company that um, did weird technology around video games, which. It's almost difficult to explain what they do, but it has to do with AI and recording. Um, has to do with AI that helps record uh, videos and edit them. Hmm. Um, so I, I do a bunch of weird stuff, um, but I don't. I don't sue people or defend people who are being sued generally. But I do everything else that you'd hire a lawyer for. And my specialty is all about sort of. I do things on a flat rate. So when you hire me, you know exactly what you're going to pay. No more, no less. If you've got more questions, that's fine. I cover them anyway. Um, and I like that model because it's... The hourly model that lawyers use, I dislike for a number of reasons. One, as a lawyer, when you're doing it, you spend way more time counting every six minutes of your day than you should. And frankly, sometimes you spend more time doing that than you spend doing actual work. But also, having done it, it incentivizes all of the wrong things. It incentivizes clients not to ask questions that they want to ask because they're concerned about what the bill's going to be. It incentivizes lawyers to screw up, work slowly, and redo things 14 times, whether or not they need doing or not. <laughs> um, and it incentivizes uh, double billing, exaggerating your hours, and all those sorts of things. Whereas flat rate billing incentivizes the exact opposite. It incentivizes the client to ask one more question because they're going to pay $750 or $1,000. They might as well get their value out of it. Mm-hmm. It incentivizes the attorney to work efficiently and to work swiftly. It incentivizes the client to say, you know what? This doesn't look right. Can you look at this one more time? It incentivizes the attorney to make sure that their client is satisfied because if they didn't make a great job on this, the way they're going to make the money is to get the client to come back and to bill them a little bit more next time around. Um, it, it encourages all of the right things and none of the wrong things. And I found that my clients tend to come back over and over. Um, and you know, I'm billing, I make, 
as much or in some cases more just about as I would make on an hourly basis. Once in a while I make less. Um, but generally I make about the same. Um, but I don't have the headache of dealing with documenting every hour. And where I lose a little bit, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, you know, when a client asks, why do you do this? I say, you know what? When you walk into your mechanic's office, you know exactly what it's going to cost. Why shouldn't it work that way with your lawyer? And I say that to clients, and they just look at me and go, hey, man, that's a really good point. <laughs> well, Cassidy, thank you very much for all the work you've done over the years. And thank you for being here. <laughs> oh, no problem. My pleasure. Anytime you want me to show up and uh, tell you about some goofy news story involving uh, video games, I'm here for you, my brother. And we're back. So, thank you, Cassidy, very much for your marvelous conversation and your insight about the law. Uh, on, I mean, honestly, that sh- uh, his Warhammer 40K collection should be uh, probably on display at the museum uh, to get some more, you know, to get some more worth out of it. I mean, that's what they said about Warhammer is, you know, the reason why they call it Warhammer 40K is because you, you got to spend 40K before. That's how much the collection is worth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to spend 40K before you can actually play the game. <laughs> so we'll, we'll figure it out later. But thank you very much, Cassidy. It's always a pleasure to hear your voice and your insight into this marvelous world of gaming that we're all a part of. So now that we're wrapping up, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I've been playing Smash again. Uh, I've been unlocking characters. It's very tedious. Don't know if I... Re- it's. I'm at the point now where it's like I just go to the next dot and it's about 30 seconds of a fight. And then I, I unlock another spirit and then I just make my way down the thing till I find another character to unlock. And then it's about a minute to fight the character and then go on. The... It's okay. I wish there was a little bit more to it and a little less tedium, but I guess it is kind of training for regular smash with items. Because I like I, with the maids <laughs> when the maid had uh, competitions and we hosted melee tournaments and ultimate tournaments as well, and some sixty-four tournaments, which were really incredible to watch. But we there's no items in those tournaments, so. Playing Smash and going through with items, I don't feel like is really training people enough for the tournaments. Uh, I wish there could be a mode where you could like battle with other people. That's my... And also, I need sturdier Joy-Cons or, or that grip thing. My, my hands are a little too big for the tiny buttons. But that's another, that's another story. Um, what have y'all been playing? Um, I have been playing uh, a fair amount of Darkest Dungeon recently. Uh, the mm. second game was just announced that it'll be in early access later this year. Um, mm. So I figured it, now was the perfect time to go back and beat the first one. I've had it since it came out in 2016, and uh, it is a tough game. Better late than never. I mean, you were, we were talking about this before. You mentioned there's like a stress level monitor with each of the characters involved. Yeah, so each character has X amount of health and a meter of stress that goes up to 200. Uh, Hmm. And so basically any action that is problematic, um, like like they get hit by a crit or, uh, you know, someone casts a spell on them 
or an enemy uh, like poisons them or whatever, uh, that stress goes up. If it's too dark, the stress goes up. If they hear an unnerving sound, the stress goes up. When the stress hits 100, uh, they have a check to either be virtuous and reduce their stress by like 60-70%, mm. or uh, crack and uh, have a flaw. Mm. Uh, and the flaws are pretty devastating. Um, then if the stress keeps going up to 200, they have a heart attack and die. Mm. Um, and there are very few ways to get rid of stress um, outside or while, you know, while, while the characters are adventuring. Um, basically, the, the sort of cycle of the game is you're at sort of your hub town and you hire heroes and they go off into adventures and come back. And um, in town, you have X number of ways to reduce stress and cure them of disease and, uh, you know, take them to doctors and have them cured of their mental problems. Um, and so the, the whole idea is to get these characters high enough level and, you know, survive long enough to beat the final boss. Hmm. Um, so it is, it's a really fun game. It is soul-crushingly really hard. Uh, so, like, if you have... So you have a pool of characters, and you take four out at a time. Uh, do you have, like, four... Is there... How many characters are there in the pool to choose from overall? Uh, you can upgrade your pool to be bigger or smaller. I think it starts oh. at 16, and you okay. can get it up to 31. Okay. So there is an ability... So. Just taking time off and not using characters when they're stressed out, that'll lower their stress level? They de-stress a little just by hanging out in town. Uh, you really get rid of stress by, by paying to have them, you know, go to the bar or oh, pray. Of course. Okay. Get drunk. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, things like that. <laughs> well, that money sounds... Money can do your stress. Yes, money can give you stress. And then Chin also let us know that there's... His exciting uh, Monster Hunter stories, too, is coming That will out. be tomorrow, by the time we're recording it. By the time we record, by the time this comes out, it will already be out, so. Yep. Just wish I had more time, time to it. do it. I mean, it's it's kind of a Pokemon, but not not so Pokemon. So you, you do know what it means. It's that you do have to spend some time on grinding the stats of your so-called yeah. Pokemon in the game. Except they're not pocket monsters. They're monster yeah, monsters. Yeah, these <laughs> monsters. And you can ride on them. Ooh, rideable monsters. Yeah. But as story names tell, it's called Monster Hunter Stories 2. So I'm a little bit excited about how the stories would go. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how people... Uh, to add a storyline to the game... <clears throat> I mean, they tried to do that in Monster Hunter World, and it was interesting. And I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you're just giving characters names and talking points for whatever reason. But it's all good. It's um, RPG after, after all, so... Yeah, it, you, you do what you want. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for listening. I think it's time for us to finish up this episode. Thank you, Cassidy, again for joining us. Uh, and thank you for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. If you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, shoot us an email at info at We'd like to send out a big thank you 
to everyone who donated recently, and to our Patreon supporters who keep the meat afloat. Patreon donors get to listen to this podcast one week before it's released on the major streaming services, and we continue that with future episodes every week. Till then, I'm Chen. I'm Miles. I'm Red, and I'm Anthony. Thanks. We'll see you next time.